Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we are back again with a new episode of Sunday Zine Club. This is a weekly show where I talk about the greatest artifact in all of the RPG hobby. No, I'm not talking about Gauntlets of Ogre Power. I'm talking about RPG zines. I talk about some cool stuff I've spotted over here on the podcast, and then I put up all the links I discussed for you over at the Thought Eater blog. You can just Google Thought Eater blog or go to froth, froth.blogspot.com. Had to get a new phone. The USB port was slowly dying. And so I'll be interested to see if this, uh, it's a nicer phone. So we'll see if the, the podcast quality is any better. It's really high tech over here at the froth abode. Uh, using the anchor app, I record into my phone. So we lovingly call it punk rock podcasting. So yeah, hopefully it sounds all right. I am super excited about this show because I've got a great creator interview for y'all. Evelyn Moreau, one of my favorite artists in all of the RPG hobby, joins the club this week. It's a great conversation, so I've got that coming up for you. And I've got my usual grab bag of news, reviews, uh, some new releases for you, as well as the ever-popular free zine of the week. But first, I did get some call-ins. And so we're going to check those out first. Uh, first, let's hear from Sunday Zine Club member Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Hey, Froth. Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor here. I wanted to say thank you for all your coverage of the Zine Quest and the interviews with everyone. All of them were very good. Uh, you did an excellent job. I just wanted to give you a shout out for that because I know you how much work you that uh, you have to go and do to get all that stuff prepped. So just a pat on the back for me, and uh, thanks a lot for all your help, Froth. It's much appreciated. Once again, that's Tim Short's legendary anchorite, Gothridge Manor, and who had just had a wildly successful Kickstarter for ZineQuest. And, you know, it is my pleasure, Tim. I, I enjoy doing this stuff. It is time-consuming, though, you know. I, I appreciate you saying that because I, I was thinking about the the time I put into this stuff. Um, it, it's a lot, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know, at least for right now. You know, when life's treating you all right and you've got the spare time and you've got the drive, that's the time to, to you know, to do this kind of thing. Because, uh, and I don't want to sound morbid or anything, but you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what challenges tomorrow brings. So if, you, if you've got some spare time to, to do this kind of stuff and have some fun, you know, take advantage of it. So that, that's what I'm trying to do. Plus, I love this stuff and I always just like to share things that I enjoy. You know, I was, uh, when I was younger, I would always be trying to show people music or show people a book that I liked or, you know, I, it's just, uh, kind of a way I've always been and another way that I've always been is uh, I've mentioned this before long time listeners to my podcast may have heard me mention this but 
I also really like categorizing things. Uh, when I take personality tests, you know, my, my, my strongest kind of, uh, uh, the way my brain works, it's kind of like a, an analyst, like a system analyst. I figure out how things work pretty quickly and, um, it allows me to both exploit things as well as uh, play devil's advocate quite a bit. But even when I was very, very young, um, instead of really playing so much with toys, which of course I did, but I also had my favorite books were, I had a, had a book that was just about the history of toys. It was old toys from the 1800s and pictures of stuff from the you know early 1900s and everything. So, and uh, I also had books that were, you know, books about rock music and popular music way before, you know, categorizing everything and talking about each album way before I ever heard the albums, you know, some reading about like Alice Cooper and David Bowie and stuff when I was like in, you know, second grade, you know, just looking at the album covers and, and you know, I, I don't know why that is. Um, I don't know why. Um, but that, that's just kind of carried over to where, you know, uh, there are so many great bloggers and everything that can write stuff about, you know, their, their setting or, uh, come up with new mechanics and everybody's kind of got their own style and talent. Uh, but what I really like doing is, is, you know, I follow along with so many things. I kind of like just kind of compiling it, organizing it and presenting it to others. <laughs> it's just, uh, Whereas I'm sure other people will be like, I, I could never, you know, never would want to do that or, um, so, but anyway, always good to hear from you, Tim. Glad that you're doing well. And thank you very much as always for listening and, um, supporting me. And, uh, all right, we got legendary talk about a legendary anchorite, legendary anchorite, Colin Green from Spike Pit coming up next. Hi, Froth, how you doing, man? I heard you um, talking about the Eldritch Inquirer. That's the Eldritch Tales uh, role-playing game magazine, issue number one. Joe Salvador's the man behind it, as I'm sure you're aware. He uh, trades under the name Raven God Games, and I'll tell you what, I've got the like the deluxe copy of that, and it is a super slick production. It looks absolutely lovely. It is packed full of stuff. You've got a, a pretty sizable adventure in there. There's um, this, this big old kind of 1920s name generator. He takes the news of the day from 1920 on a month-by-month basis, breaks it down and gives you like um, these little snippets of news that you can use in your game. I just really like it, man. It's uh, a great job. Um, I'll take my hat off to him. Take care. I'll catch you later. Again, legendary ink right there. Colin Green talking about Eldritch Inquirer that I mentioned uh, last week. Brand new release supporting the OSR style uh, Cthulhu-esque RPG Eldritch Tales. And yeah, it looks incredible. And I didn't just hear from Colin Green about it. Also, Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast is calling in about the same thing. So... When you've got a bunch of anchorites calling in, talking about this thing, talking it up, that is a sign you should check it out. So if you are into Lovecraft and Cosmic Horror and everything else, this Eldritch Inquirer looks like a hit. 
Colin, thank you so much for, for checking in. Hope you're doing well. And uh, let's hear what Jason had to say about it. Hey, Froth. Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. <coughs> Excuse me. So, just driving home, actually, I stopped to grab a bite to eat on the way home because I'm dead tired and needed to get a drink to wake up. But um, I want to mention Elder Inquirer, I think it is, the Elder Tale zine by Raven Guy Games. I had a chance to look at that before it was published um, to, to just do a little proofreading and whatnot. The adventure in that is an awesome adventure. And even though it's, you know, written for Elder Tales, you could use it for any kind of, you know, Cthulhu game or whatever. And, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a well-done thing, and, you know, definitely recommend that. And the other thing I wanted to throw out there was the, um, although it doesn't help people's zines at all, but you mentioned Marvel. You, you know, I got the Red Box, the Mensa Red Box set. My mom gave me that. And then I got Marvel Superheroes shortly thereafter. I probably got both those, like, in 84. And, um, yeah, so same thing. You know, they were kind of simultaneous in my development. So take care. That's Jason there from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Uh, again, making reference to this Eldritch Tales um, supplement, the Eldritch Inquirer. And I love the idea of utilizing real-world news, uh, like Colin mentioned. That 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 is g- great stuff. You know, Call of Cthulhu has always been famed for the use of handouts, and uh, so kind of carrying that over into Eldritch Tales sounds awesome. Jason also mentioning uh, that Marvel mention at the end is kind of making reference to last week's free zine of the week, the new Marvel file. Uh, so if you are a fan of TSR Marvel superheroes, be sure and check out last week's episode. Uh, and, and the links over at the Thought Eater blog got some good free stuff for you. So anyway, appreciate everybody calling in again. If you want to join the club and be part of the show, it's easy to do. You can use the anchor app if you have it, but even if you don't, you just go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater. And there is a message button there. You can call in, join the club and I'll put you on the program. So again, thanks to everybody for calling in. All right, let's hop into the grab bag. I got a bunch of cool stuff for y'all. You know, Zine Quest has kind of come and gone, but there are still a few things with a few days left of funding. And one of the last things that I backed, uh, I backed that, you know, when I was talking about the last kind of things uh, I was looking at last week, I did back uh, Covert Wars, the uh, the Cold War-inspired RPG uh, from Exalted Funeral, and uh, the other zine, Lumberlands. Eric Jensen from Wampus Country's Lumberlands, because I'm a sucker for cryptozoology and Bigfoot. And Trey Causey of the Hydra Cooperative is talking up Lumberlands as well over at their excellent from the Sorcerer Skull blog, sorcererskull.blogspot.com, one of my favorite blogs. So I've got a link over to that. And um, I, I guess if you're listening to this on Sunday, I think you got like five days left to check out that, uh, that Bigfoot zine from Eric Jensen. So be sure and check that out. Now, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I had James V West joining the club from the black pudding zine and doom Slakers blog. I saw over at the doom Slakers blog, James has got black pudding t-shirts now, uh, with some of James's killer art. I've got a link up. You can check that out. Now that is a rad t-shirt. No doubt about it. I've talked about this bare bones e-zine before and, you know, they put out their own, uh, zine, 
but they also having I thought this you know it's not maybe technically not a zine but I thought this would be of interest to uh, some of the listeners it's barebonesez.blogspot.com and they do a few review series going back and looking at old horror comics and horror magazines like creepy they've got an issue uh, a review of one of those and uh, then uh, uh, adventures into terror this old, uh, you know, 1950s horror comics. So just a little couple of extra things that I thought were kind of cool and that I'm sure uh, some zine lovers out there might want to check out. Now, Raven Crow King over at the DCC Trove of Treasures blog, dcctreasures.blogspot.com. It's just what it sounds like. They're always talking about treasures for Dungeon Crawl Classic. And they are talking about Phantasmagoria issue one and two. Now, this has... Uh, uh, lots of great people working on this. Uh, Jim Magnuson, uh, Luca Regic, uh, Chance Phillip writing these. Uh, so these look incredible. If you want to find out about the first two issues of Phantasmagoria, I've got uh, links of those discussions over at dcctreasures.blogspot.com. DCC has got to have some of the best if not the best zines out for it and that comes up later uh spoiler alert when we talk about the free zine of the week another old school i'm kicking a real old school taking it back to the 40s over at sf magazines sfmagazines.com uh, they look back at some old pulp zines you know and they kind of break down what's in these and, and give a real detailed analysis of, of these old issues um, and so they're looking at astounding science fiction, volume 33, number four from back in June, 1944. Uh, so I know there's some pulp fans out there. You want to look at some of these old pulp magazines and, and get an idea what was in these that's up for you over at sfmagazines.com. Nzeitgeist.com, uh, pretty, uh, prolific review site. They are talking about another DCC zine, Crepuscular, number one, Sanctum of the Snail. And uh, so this came out, it's a few years back now. Uh, but if you want to see what that's all about, that's you know available over at drive through and maybe some other places. Again, another one of these, these uh, endless DCC, creative DCC zines out, Crepuscular. Get your snail on. <laughs> Sanctum of the snail. <laughs> has, has that sentence ever been uttered before? Get your snail on? I don't think so. <laughs> That's a first. Uh, all right. Let me make sure I'm not going out of order here. I don't think I am. Double check. Double check. No, I'm good. All right. Over at Vintage RPG. VintageRPG.tumblr.com. They're talking about halflings in the hive. Now, this is a little zine came out for Exalted Funerals Free RPG 2 event last year. A great, nasty little bit of fun to drop into your homebrew. They say it's pretty gross. So, yeah, uh, the artwork looks great for this. Uh, from Exalted Funeral and Weird Realms, Halflings and the Hive. Uh, so, yeah, have a look at this from uh, Beckett Warren and Todd Jacob Jacobison. Jacobison. Probably, I'm sure I pronounced butchering that person's name. My bad. But anyway, have a look at this. Halflings in the Hive. Unbelievable looking artwork. It looks great. 
And what else do I have? And that's system neutral, so. And then finally, just in the grab bag of stuff, you know, I've been talking up this 28 magazine, uh, free kind of wargaming zine, but very esoteric and strange. Um, probably the coolest looking wargaming magazine I've ever seen. And they just posted a cryptic post, 28 mag challenge, the 28 mag challenge 2020 coming soon. So if you're into wargaming, uh, I would follow along with this. It's at 28-mag.com and see what that's all about. Who knows what the challenge is going to be? Kind of cryptic. So you might want to follow along and see what that's going to be all about. All right. How about some new releases? Some stuff that has just come out. Um, I'm starting with that. Uh, now I've got a couple that are, are brand new over at drive through. If you're looking at my blog, you can just click the, the image and I'll take you over to where, where they're at. This first one is pay what you want. It's called one to six, one to six thugs in an alley. And you, you can print this out to a booklet and, uh, it's a random urban encounter for characters of level one to three. Now, I believe this is for 5e, but it has a very old school kind of aesthetic to it, and it looks really neat, and so you can print your own zine with this. So I love the idea of this one. And uh, who did this? From Steve Wright. So yeah, one to six thugs in an alley. You can check that one out. And then this is a new release, but it's like a new re-release, because this was originally from back in 1985. Nexus number 14 from Task Force Games, and these are being re-released now on drive-through and PDF, and so this has stuff for Starfleet Universe, uh, Starfire, uh, Battle Wagon, Musketeers, I've heard of Starfleet Universe and Starfire, but I've never heard of some of these other games, East Wind Rain, East Wind Rain, uh, not sure, but uh, I love going back and looking at old zines and, and magazines from the 80s, you know, from the kind of golden age of gaming. Or I guess maybe the 70s were the golden age, but maybe the, the 80s were kind of the golden age of magazines. There were so many of them. Yeah, I'll stick with that. But anyway, Nexus number 14, uh, talking about Task Force game stuff. This stuff's getting re-released, stuff that was been out of print for, you know, decades that was probably... Uh, nearly impossible to find. Now you can grab the stuff in PDF. So got a link up for you for that. Going back over to the Raven Crow Kings DCC Trove of Treasures blog to talk about a new zine that I uh, I mentioned as a new release within the last couple of weeks. Maybe it was just last week. Tales of the Smoking Worm number one uh, for Dungeon Crawl Classics and Mutant Crawl Classics. Thing looks incredible. Um, I mentioned it's got a, a take on that Emmerichel uh, cover. Uh, the cover is a take on the Emmerichel illustration uh, from 1E AD&D, but with a kind of Cthulhu-esque twist to it. So Tales of the Smoking Worm looks really cool. There's some more information uh, on that one and a review over at DCC Treasures. Uh, Matthew Schmier who really is, is kind of the grandfather of zine support and, and, and everything over at the Rended Press blog, rendedpress.blogspot.com. They keep a fantastic list of all kinds of zines, not just OSR, but uh, for all editions of D&D &D and multiple other systems. It's uh, the kind of place that once you start digging in there, you look up and, you know, six hours have passed and you, you've added, you know, 50 gigs of... <laughs> 
of PDFs to your <laughs> to your hard drive. Well, they do a, a zine called Toss Off, and they always uh, are really self-deprecating about it. Like here, they they say they they squirted out another pitiful issue of their worthless little zine. <laughs> So Toss Off Issue 10 is out, and uh, you can download all these for free. So Matthew, uh, I love the sense of humor. Uh, Matthew always calls it uh, their worthless little zines. <laughs> um, but I don't think they're worthless. And anyway, Rended Press is such a great blog to, to, to dig into some zines. So be sure and check that out, rendedpress.blogspot.com. And then finally, uh, a new release, the new Dragon Plus issue is out. And uh, I checked it out. There's also a review uh, going through it over at PowerScore RPG, the campaign 20xx.blogspot.com, breaking it down. And like I mentioned, uh, you know, they've gotten better about um, putting more free downloads in these things. So there's a bunch of stuff you can download here. In fact, several of the things are to do with, uh, with rats. And they go back into some of the old Dragon and Dungeon magazines and put up PDFs that you can download and stuff. So worth checking out and skimming through, if only for the uh, for the free stuff. All right, so I am so thrilled today to have joining the show uh, creator of the Chromatic Cauldron blog, um, innumerable zines. Uh, you've seen her work featured in every, everything from, from zines to, to folks' blog posts, even my avatar. Uh, I'm such a fan. Evelyn Moreau, welcome to the club. Hello. I'm happy to be there. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit prior to the interview, and, and your name has come up. And uh, most of the Sunday Zine Club episodes, uh, talking with Ray Otis, uh, Ray's a huge fan. Nate Treme was talking about uh, how your work influenced him to, to even start creating stuff for RPGs. Last week, I was talking with James V. West from uh, the Doomslakers blog, who had uh, just um, keyed one of your maps for their new zine. What is it like, uh, you know, seeing so many people respond to your work, uh, use your images? What is that like, you know, to kind of turn on the internet and see your stuff all over the place? See, I'm I'm so happy when this happened. I think it's it's one of the the main reward for doing stuff on the internet. It's when other people use it and tell you about it and. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Each time that somebody tell me that they've played a game using one of my design, uh, it's, it make my days and it make me want to to create more. Well, I uh, you know, I want to talk to you about your creative process and and your inspiration and everything. But uh, I guess the first question I would ask you um, is, is something I've asked everybody that's come on. What uh, do you remember? What the first first scenes you saw were? What your first um, the, the first times you saw them were they gaming related or something else? No, they were they were comic uh, comics book. Uh, 
That was uh, yeah many years ago. I was going to a small like underground comic book stores, and there was a lot of zine over there, and I was super curious about them. And I've been buying some, and I've been trying to do some of them. <laughs> they were so bad. The first one I made that. A year later or two, I came back to the store to buy everything that was left <laughs> because I was ashamed of them. <laughs> well, do you remember what the first one was? Can you describe it? I think it was a comic about something cyberpunk, I guess. Uh, but I don't remember the titles or anything. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure Wait, I would have enjoyed was, it. Yeah, because at that time, I was trying to draw in a more uh, superhero comic book style. <laughs> so you're still finding your voice, is what you're saying. <laughs> so my my style, I've, been, I've changed a lot since. Then. <laughs> well, I, I you know I follow, uh, I back your your Patreon. I'm gonna have links up to a bunch of Evelyn stuff, uh, uh, her RPG blog portfolio uh patreon and, and I, I love your patreon and i saw you mention on there that you'll go to different kind of zine meetups and, and and kind of conventions or swaps and stuff so were you doing a lot i guess you were doing a lot of zines and stuff before you started doing them specifically for rpgs yeah i've been uh, studying at the university uh there was a uh a degree in art that was about comic books. So after that, with a bunch of friends, we've been trying to do like some uh, group of uh, authors and we were pu publishing our own zines and trying to do events and stuff like that. And there was a so much all there's the expo zines, like a, a big fair for selling zines and others thing like prints and stuff like that and so i've been participating to that uh, several times um, but when i go to this place i mostly sell uh non-gaming sign like illustration stuff and some comics so were you playing um role-playing games throughout all that time or or was was that first and then you discovered games or or what made you decide to um do your artwork with some games as well as uh, as the previous stuff you were doing uh yes but i've been playing uh roping game that time but it's with the blog i think yeah it's it's like in 2012 when i've started to uh, to blog on the Shadow Chromatic uh, and with Google Plus and everybody's sharing ideas around and publishing signs stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I can do that. Me uh, and I guess that Lulu helped a lot too because uh, one of the thing I was afraid with signs sometimes is that you print too many of them and you're stuck at home with boxes or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, that was like that playing music when you, you know, you used to have to, if you were going to sell a CD, you know, you'd have to <laughs> order like a hundred of them, you know, and uh, you're, you're stuck with a bunch of your own CDs. So, 
So what I like with Lulu is that you can do design without taking any risk. You just upload your stuff. But on the other end, you make less money by sale and it's not end folded and, and <laughs> you don't right, you, right. you lose a bit of the handcrafted aspect of design. So yeah, it's not it's not the best thing ever, but it's a it's a useful tool, I think, to to just throw stuff in the wild. Well, I, I you have uh, tons of great stuff up on Lulu. I'm gonna have that linked as well. I definitely recommend people to check it out. Uh, it, it you know I was talking uh, with with Nate Treme about it. You know, one of yours is uh, is all about cobalts. I guess the cobalt art exhibition. And Nate was talking about how you do the best cobalts of all time. So that's one of them that's up there on there. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and one other, one other thing that helped me a lot is that. You know, back in the Google Plus era, uh, we were doing a lot of collective uh, posts. Like people were uh, keying maps together or uh, crafting random tables together. So this was uh, something that I've used a lot to, to craft signs uh, around these uh, contributions. And I really like to involve other people's uh, and to jam on what they gave me, on what they write. And I also like to provide an illustrations or a map and to see how people interpret uh, or get inspired by it to, to write something. This is, uh, I, I love that a lot. Yeah, and so that's kind of how the chromatic soup, um, the two different I issues of that, uh, were, were, those were kind of collaborations where um, kind of everybody was was working off your art and you were kind of directing those a lot. And, and those are both really excellent. Yeah, yes. Uh, the first issue was super fun to to do it got a big a bit too too big <laughs> i was hoping to do something like uh i don't know like 40 pages at first. no they're like little books <laughs> but i love the small size they're they're, they're it's, it's just a really cool little book so both of those yeah i wanted to ask you about your creative process because you are so prolific you know it, you're you're patreon uh, you're constantly putting up uh, new images and they're always these inventive things and it made me think about um when i when i've written music there were kind of two ways that i would approach it sometimes i would sit down with a piano and be deliberately looking to write something but but many other times uh, some of the best things would be i'd just be walking around and an idea would kind of come to me your ideas are, are so unique what is your creative process? How does that work for you? Is that something you could even describe? Um, often I, I start with uh, drawings. I start by drawing something and I kind of build on what I've drawn. Like, I don't know uh, if I draw like a, a goblins and I'm like, oh, that goblin could do that. And, I draw what the goblin's doing, and I oh maybe this goblin have a friend. His friend is a big uh, furry monster, and I, I, I improvise around what I draw without really knowing where I'm going. So I often do that, but some sometimes I also I've did idea fully formed at first, and I just draw it. 
but uh, I think the the drawing I, I like the best are the one that I just draw and uh, I follow where the drawing are are going, kind of. Yeah, just letting your imagination take you there. That's that's awesome. And I, yeah. another thing I wanted to talk about, and a lot of your work, there's kind of like this balance between there'll be something very cute and kind of adorable, but then maybe mixed in with something kind of a little grotesque or, or uh, you, you know, it seems like that you did a blog post about that recently that I was, I was trying to find, but what, can you talk a little bit about that kind of, you have a really special way of, of, of making the kind of the gross adorable or, you know, or the kind of grotesque <laughs> yeah. cute. Is that something you could speak to a little bit? Yes. Uh, I love monsters and creatures and, uh, and I love them so much that I've like, compassion for monsters so this is why I, I often want to draw monsters but I often want to give them some love and to to draw them doing some mundane things that are not uh, are related so this is, this is from where the cute often comes I I, I like to to mix to, to to mix them both to like oh this monster is ugly but is also friendly, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. I love that stuff. I love it. <laughs> so, um, uh, well, I, I want to ask you too about. I know you're 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 probably constantly working on commissions for people, but I saw you um, mentioned that you were doing some writing on a project, and then I, I saw you also mentioning um, at some point uh, having a Kickstarter planned. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you're working on now and some of the stuff you have planned that people can be looking out for in the future? Yes, I have so many projects and <laughs> I, I've got too many ideas and I start them all. <laughs> it's a very bad thing, I think, because I'm never finishing anything uh, these days. But uh, right now I'm working on the Tiny Goons. Uh, that was the from the tunnel goon jams yes so uh i've i've written a, a act of it and now i'm reworking it to make it more playable and i will add an adventures and uh, so i ought to do a design with that soon <laughs> everything is nearly written and i've already have illustration for it so i think this will go well uh beside that i have another project it's like about a cute dungeon and I, I've been working on this one with other friends. Uh, we do illustration work and live fantasy, but we've never played a role-playing game. And at first, I start that to show them that the creating dungeon is fun. It can be fun, and it's not something that you need to do while knowing the rules. Like I read, everybody can do a dungeon, and. I think this one would be very fun if I can make a Kickstarter for it because I want to be my friend who've made some illustrations. Um, but most of the illustration will be mine. But still, uh, this one, I'm really looking for that one. I hope to finish it this year if possible. I've well, got I, I know that people will be lined up to throw money at your Kickstarter. I have no doubt it would be wildly successful. So, um, yeah. You know, I, I like what you said there too about um, 
you know, not having to know the rules to be able to create like that. Cause that's one of the things I would do with my daughter before she ever knew the rules to the games and everything. We were doing world building and doing little hex maps and, and drawings and stuff. And so, um, I, and often people that maybe don't have a lot of RPG experience, they end up having some of the best ideas. You know? Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Their air uh, one page dungeon that you've. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that was a hundred percent hers too. All I did was like type down what she said. That was entirely hers, you know. <laughs> But yeah, you know, every dungeon needs an outhouse or two, right? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think they just actually mentioned. Uh, I was seeing that that they're getting ready to open up submissions for for this year's uh, one page dungeon contest. So I, I need to get with her about. Uh, coming up with something for this one so uh, i'd love that to become mm -hmm. a yearly thing we do um it, it, what about you or have you thought about doing something for the one page dungeon contest this year or you think you would have time between all your mi million projects yes yeah, so each year i want to participate <laughs> and each year i i miss the the deadline <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens this year. We'll see if you do one. But I'm telling you, I know your Kickstarter would be uh, would be a, a smashing success. I know a lot of people would be ready to support that. So yeah, I, want, I wanted to participate to ZineQuest, but I got too many issues with my name because I changing my legal names. And so it's very complicated. And I decide to wait uh, after that. All my <laughs> cars and everything are updated with my uh, current name. So, yeah, maybe I will be able to do a Kickstarter in a month. I don't know. Well, you yes. know, no, no pressure on the time limit when you're ready. I'm sure everyone will be ready to throw some money at it. I know I will be. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's almost good that it didn't happen during zine quest because now i can let the wallet recuperate a little bit and, and yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so um i usually end the interviews with the questions three are you ready for these okay all right question number one what makes zines so magical Uh, for me, it's the lo-fi <laughs> quality of them. I love to see stuff that uh, are not super perfect or more spontaneous or that you really see the personality of the people doing them. So I am, um, yeah, I have a soft, a soft spot for, for lo-fi <laughs> products. So I really like that. But some of them are really well produced too. But uh, yeah, uh, I like also the generosity that comes into design. And when people do design, they are super generous. Usually, there's a, they put a lot of stuff and a lot of content, and it's super fun. Yeah. Okay. So question number two. What is something that you've learned making zines that you wish you had known when you started? Yeah, uh, this one is a bit. Uh, well, I think, yeah, having print on demand. <laughs> when I started doing comics uh, and design, If if I had knew about print on demands, I think that I will have been more encouraged to 
to do more but uh, about if we only talk about paper design uh, yeah probably more stuff about how to print them to go to the printer to do the, the print shop and how to handle your files and stuff like that because I, printing is so stressful <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, I wouldn't even try. That's why I just do the, the, the pocket mods. You know, <laughs> let someone else print it and fold it. Um, and so, so many of them are so well crafted, and there's like an artistry to it that's just beyond me. Um, so, um, the, the print-on-demand stuff. I, I'm glad you've been mentioning that because it is so wonderful. I, I know there's limitations in the kind of printing and everything you can do, but to not end up with you know 50 extras and for people all over the world to be able to to print it without you having to handle the shipping and stuff, it, it's it's really made things a lot better. I, I think overall. Yeah, I, I think it's good to have both of them. If it's if everything was print-on-demand, I think we will lose something, but. I'm glad that people do both of them, that they try stuff on print on demand, and they also still do uh, handcrafted designs. Yeah. Okay, and question three, always a tough one. Do you have a favorite zine? Yes, I've prepared for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> my favorite zine is no place like home. It's a small adventure, I think, for Dungeon Crawl Classic. It's maybe it's only two page both, so give us eight pages time. And this is this was my friend Terra. She she's made that for the Young Without Shelters, and it's about uh, a bunch of orphans uh, that. I have that. It's got like the mutant baby on the front. Yes, 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 yes. I supported that. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's I great. I love it. Yeah, oh. it's, a, it's, it's a fun mini adventures, and I've played it, and we really had a, a lot of fun with it. And I have a soft spot for that design because of, <laughs> of that. Yeah, that is a, a, a special one, and I will um I will try to uh, find where um people can maybe uh folks can maybe order um still uh, order now. it's not possible uh, i'll just take a possible. i'll take a couple of pictures of mine to put up with the post so people can see mm. it um but that's that's a good one that's a good one see most people haven't been able to have a, a favorite you know that's it's usually <laughs> difficult but you came prepared i appreciate that <laughs> well um i I am, and I know you have a lot going on, so I'm just so thrilled that you took some time uh, time out to, to talk with us. I know a lot of my listeners are, are looking forward to this and, and hearing what you had to say. So I'm going to have links up to uh, your Lulu site and, and Patreon. Uh, listeners out there, if you want a great value Patreon, uh, this is, is uh, you know, Evelyn is so prolific and you get so many creative and inventive and imaginative ideas. And so many times she's very generous and will say that you can use these in your own zine. So it is a must back if you're um, like me and you're not a talented artist. 
it, it is it is really just a great value and i love supporting your work so evelyn thank you so much for coming by thanks Pat. and your your podcasts all often inspire me and I'm, thanks well thank you very much all right so that was so awesome to have evelyn on the show thrilled to get to talk to her i i'm i'm sure it came across in the interview i'm just a a a big time fan and um so so anyway very appreciative appreciative to her for coming on uh so yeah i've got links up as i was mentioning i've got links up to both of her blogs as well as her patreon uh lulu where you can get a lot of her zines uh including the the excellent collaborations, the Chromatic Soup, number one and number two, those are don't miss. So be sure and check those out. And then also her Redbubble store. It's got some cool stuff like, uh, I mean, an Evelyn Moreau phone case. I wish I'd known about that. Um, I'll probably have to pick one of those up. I got to see if it fits on my new phone. But um, uh, an Evelyn Moreau phone case, I mean, that is just the definition of rad. Now, Evelyn's um, favorite zine pick, No Place Like Home, is out of print, but I did put up an image. And now this thing was done to support Youth Without Shelter. And if you have it in your heart or you have the means to donate to that or want to find out more about what Youth Without Shelter is all about, I've got a link up for that as well. So, what is the free zine of the week? The ever-popular free zine of the week. Well, I decided I'd go with uh, keep the DCC thing going and go with the Gong Farmer's Almanac. Now, this has been just uh, one of the coolest crowdsourced projects um, for, for any game that I've seen. And it's been running now, you know, uh, since 2015. And every year, a bunch of uh, wild and crazy DCC fans get together and uh, make a lot of material and then put these things out. Uh, first as zines that uh, they debut at Gen Con every year, but then they, they put up the PDFs for free. And you can also order uh, hard copies at cost from Lulu. And I've got all these volumes. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, I mean it's, it's an unbelievable amount of, of material um, to support the game. I mean, more than you'll ever you know, be able to read probably at this point. I mean, these things are thick. Um, and so, um, it's just so cool. It's such a well-supported game with such a cool community. Um, and putting these out free is, is, is just really, really awesome. So, uh, one of the best, best, uh, free products you can get really, to be honest with you, the Gong Farmers Almanac zines are the free zines of the week. All right. Well, that is the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed putting it together for you. Once again, huge thank you to Evelyn Moreau for joining the club. Also want to thank Jason, Colin Green, Tim Shorts for calling in. And I uh, appreciate you all as always. Now, uh, if you want to join the program, join the club. I've already mentioned, but I'll mention it again. You can use the Anchor app to call in or go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater and use the message button there. Um, if you want to send me anything to review if you want me to plug something if you want to be considered for an interview on the show you can also contact me at froth sof frothsoft at gmail.com 
Again, all these links are up over at the Thought Eater blog. I want to thank folks for backing me on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's just a single tier. It's $1 a month. So if you like what I'm doing and want to ch chip a dollar into the old froth tip jar, I won't say no. So yeah, dollar a month, patreon.com forward slash thought eater. Oh, what else? If you haven't gone back and checked out last week's hump day blogorama, some good stuff on there. That'll be the next you hear from me. I uh, I didn't have anything for Five Minute Friday last week. I'm thinking about you know Five Minute Friday might become kind of an optional an optional thing for me uh, because uh, the Hump Day now the the Zine Club kind of uh, take a lot of the work and uh, take a lot of the time. But I'll just probably occasionally drop something. But we'll see. We'll see. As always, froth is a work in progress. So anyway, I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. I hope you got some gaming in, some good time with your family. And I think that's all I've got. So Logan, drop it like it's hot. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, boom, boom.